Hello, and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and here with me is my co-host in life, the editor of Peer Magazine, my beautiful wife, Jamie Satterley. How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm doing great. The sun is shining. It is a beautiful day. That's right. Spring is coming. We also have with us here our co-host, our producer, the one who makes this entire thing run, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you doing today? Howdy. I'm swell. Oh, throwing out a howdy. All right. (laughs) You know, I heard somebody once say, nobody over the age of 40 should ever say, no, wait, nobody under the age of 40? Was that under the age of 40? Because it ages you. But I say howdy all the time. <laughs> all right. So, so today's episode, we're going to talk about um, some some places uh, we've seen recently where faith and culture collide. Um, you know, we're always looking at entry points into what's happening in the world around us, um, where faith can kind of inter- interject or how we can view these things through a faith lens. Um, entry points for the gospel. So we're going to jump right in. Yeah, so we're going to go, we're going to, unfortunately, we're going to go deep on the first one. Um, And that's about uh, uh, just some of the things that we've seen in the news recently about Christian leaders and sexual misconduct. Like I said, should I come prepared for this podcast today with a list of all of the Christian leaders who have fallen recently, probably in the last year? I mean, we've got Ravi Zacharias as the last one, Carl Lentz, Jerry Falwell Jr., I mean, geez, the list just this goes on and on. And we've just seen the, you know, the sexual misconduct in our in Christian leaders. So with, with Robbie Zacharias, for those who if you don't know, you can Google it. I would recommend you go to the RZIM website, his Robbie Zacharias International Ministries. You can see the report there. But Ravi Zacharias, he passed away in May last year, but all since he's been um, gone, all of these things have come to light with with the report says sexting, unwanted touching spiritual abuse, and even some allegations of rape. Um, and, and so uh, just um, Jamie and Elizabeth, what do you think? Gen Z, Gen Z highly values transparency in people in an organization. And um, we've just have a, a Christian culture that has, quote, this is the line that's used in the report, quote, failed to be held accountable. Um, so w- what do you think? Talk. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so disheartening. And I think some of it is because, I mean, it's always disheartening, whether it's one person or however many, but the fact that it's coming like back to back to back. And so as somebody who, as a pastor myself, but also somebody, you know, who's a follower, a disciple, um, you know, you, you read these things and you think like, how can this happen? How can people stand in the pulpit and, and talk about, you know, the seriousness of our faith and the seriousness of our soul and, you know, holiness and all of these things. And behind, like, that's what the persona that they're putting out there. These are the words that they're saying. And yet behind the scenes are living a life that, you know, belies all of that stuff. How can that happen? Um, and the, the thing I think that's so, like, just wild about the Ravi Zacharias story is just how, like, and I, I want to say not just him, it's the same with Carl Lentz and Jared. Like, this isn't a a one, like I made a bad decision in the moment thing. I, I mean, you're, you're right. You have said, you have said that, um, they, they set up last time we talked about this, you mentioned it, Jamie, that you said they set up things like with Ravi, they set up things that would make them be held accountable, but they completely blew off their own accountability. That's the quote failed to be held accountable. They put people in their life to help them and the people around them also failed to hold them accountable. 
Yeah. So the, like, that's the thing with Robbie Zacharias. It says in the report that he always traveled with assistance and aides so that um, it gave the air of accountability. Like there's always somebody with him so that these things like couldn't happen. But the problem is like he set the system up. So when you were the one that set the system up, you know how to get like, you know where the cracks are, you know how to get around the system. And so I think um, like one of the things that I've read about this, because you can see it. So like that was his accountability system failed or, or it wasn't, I guess that the system didn't fail. It was set up so that he could get around it in these ways. Um, but also like if you really do a deep dive into like Carl Lentz, you'll see that the people around him um, failed to ha- hold him accountable because this is where I think part of it is important is the people that he had surrounding him that should have been the ones to hold him accountable were dependent upon his success for their own livelihood. And so you're, when, when you have those kind of things around you, people aren't going to say like, Hey, you know, you're making bad choices or, Hey, you need to stop doing this. Or, Hey, we really need to look at the actions of this person because they're dependent upon your success for them to live. Especially like when you think about Carl Lentz and all the money that he was making and all of the access that he had, this whole celebrity pastor culture. For, for those who don't know, Carl Lentz was the one who was the pastor that was really Justin Bieber, the megastar, his pastor. He was the one, Justin Bieber said, he was the one that led me to Jesus. So this very much ties into Generation Z. They like Justin Bieber. And then they see this pastor who led Justin Bieber to Jesus. And he dresses like, I mean, like he has that celebrity vibe, right? Like with the skinny jeans and the expensive shoes and the, like those, the, his glasses make me absolutely insane. I want to just say, sir, can we go to Lens Crafters together and let me help you out? Cause this is not working for me, but the, um, like it's, it's this whole thing. But as he rose in fame, then that means like his secondhand person or whatever, those people are also now having access into these circles with these parties and, you know, celebrities and all of these things. They don't want that to stop for themselves. So are they really going to blow the whistle, you know, on this guy? And so I think like for me, when I'm thinking about, okay, now, first of all, like there's, it's, it's a little disheartening. Like, yes, we all, all of us have the potential to fall into sin and to make these kind of mistakes. But like, this wasn't just a, I made a mistake, fall into sin. These were calculated movements in order to allow these things to happen. Abuse. So no, I like, I think we do have to say like, uh, no, like probably not. I'm going to just start setting up systems that, you know, lead to abuse. So we have to be careful about how we talk about those things, uh, as Christians and as pastors. Um, and so, um, But I think like when I'm thinking about this in my own life, how can I put up safeguards or make sure that my boundaries are enforced in such a way that there's somebody who's going to say, Jamie, I think you're heading down the wrong path here. Or I think, you know, you need to get it together. And one of those is you, you cannot surround yourself with yes men. You need people in your life who are not afraid to say to you, stop being a jackanate. (laughs) <laughs> friends, guys, if you have friends and they're not telling you the truth, then you need a new set of friends. You need people in your life who are going to say, hey, that's dumb. Stop it. If you hype, if you surround yourself with hype men and yes men, and like Captain Jamie's saying, people who benefit off of your popularity, then they're going to go, of course, tell you what you want to, what you want to hear. Go ahead. Yeah, keep so going, Captain just- No, so you just need to start. That's my thing is make sure that you have people. If you are a leader in any way, you need to make sure that you have people around you who are going to speak truth into your life, like actual truth, not just the truth that you want to hear Um, and who are aren't, you know, these have to be people who aren't dependent upon your success for their own 
livelihood. Um, and then I think, um, like your character just matters. It matters. Like we think, you know, you can't, we cannot wear like your character matters. Your holiness matters. We can't, uh, you know, perpetuate this kind of thing where we're living, you know, one style, one life in the pulpit and one life, you know, out of it. Our whole life has to be lived in such a way that people are looking and listening and watching. Um, and so what, you know, what you say, Matt, what you say matters, but the fact that you're living what you say matters. And I want, we do, I just want to acknowledge too, like the incredible amount of people who are, are victimized by these things. Certainly the victims themselves, like our hearts are with them. Um, especially because so often they come forward and then we, you know, we treat them like they're the villain in all this or, you know, find ways to disparage them or, or whatever. Um, and so we, we just want to say, obviously our hearts with them, but we also have to think about like these people's families, their children who have, you know, no say in what is happening. Um, you know, but they're victims in all of this too. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, uh, when you were talking, Captain Jimmy, two scripture verses came to mind, like first temptation, you know, no temptation has seized you except what's common to man. God's faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide for you a way out. The problem is people don't want a way out. Sometimes they like the, I'm going to say this. They like the tang that comes from, uh, playing around too much. You know, you, you don't, you don't, go right out to sin, but you like the tang, the spicy flavor of like, Oh, you know, maybe. And then that's just the, the way to hell is paved with good intentions. And then you start dabbling in it more and more until you, it comes down on you. And then also, uh, yeah. It, and and I, I think I have to say this too, as the resident male on this thing is there is, comes this conversation that comes out where people say, um, well, boys will be boys. I, and, and men, men can't control their urges. So I've heard this said before. Um, that boys will be boys. Let me just say, it's probably for men, we have to say that's probably one of the most offensive statements that people can say about us is because if you're, if you're a guy around, you're saying boys will be boys. You need to stop talking. That what a, it's a, it's an offensive statement that you're saying that all men around us, we can't control our urges. We can't control. These are just the way guys are. Stop it. Stop it. It is not, it is not. Are all people have sinful nature? Sure. But what does the Bible say? The fruits of the spirit are, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. What was that last one, Captain Jamie? Uh, Self-control. Thank you. So when uh, these boys will be boys, they're like, this should be, ex this is to be expected. Stop. You're embarrassing yourself. Okay. So well, let's. I think, uh, like we've gone to this, like, because we, like, we just say that. And then we think like, oh, you know, they don't have to be accountable for the actions because that's just their nature. When has that ever been an acceptable thing? Everybody has, like, we believe, you know, that because of the fall and all, you know, with Adam and Eve, that people have sinful nature. That doesn't give us an excuse to continue on in sin. So everybody is accountable for their actions. All right, let's hit this real quick. Let's hit this real quick, uh, Jamie. Um, because Gen Z values transparency. What steps should happen for there to be a restoration? When, when, when there's sexual sin or, or, or spiritual abuse, that's the other thing we didn't even talk about or how pastors sometimes abuse people spiritually. Like if you don't do it my way, then you're going to have to find another church. I mean, we're not even talking about sexual misconduct in that area. Now we're talking about 
just spiritually abusing people or just being a tyrant, a bully, like how these people have come forward and said how they've been spiritually abused as well, because that is a very real thing. What steps need to happen for there to be a restoration, especially in light of what Gen Z wants to say about a transparency? I want we we want to see what the truth yeah, I mean, I think there's a whole there's a whole host of things that have to happen. Um, but I think that, you know, we can't hide behind a culture of secrecy. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not advocating that we, um, you know, like make a list and post it next to the person's office. Like, here's all the horrible things this person's ever done or whatever. Uh, but we can't, you know, <clears throat> sometimes I think the temptation is that we just, um, you know, OK, like, let's solve this immediate problem and then we'll just, you know, send them over here or, you know, it's, we, it's, it looks like we've dealt with it, but all we've really done is kind of shuffled them off to something else. Um, and so we have to kind of, um, you know, say like acknowledge the problem, not sweep it under the rug, but say like, okay, there's been, you know, a breach of thing or whatever. Now you have to step down or step away or, you know, Decide and and get some help. And so here's the thing, though. Like I think, depending on what it is, that's going to look different as far as lengths of time and all those kinds of stuff. If it's like you're just a jerk and treat people like trash, okay. Well, let's maybe get you some kind of counseling. Like explore why do you treat people like trash? And here's some you know coping mechanisms where you can lead people without you know treating them like garbage. Um, sexual misconduct, like there are are therapies and all of those kind of things. Um, for that. But I think it it takes a length of time. It can't be like, because we've seen this with other things, right? Like with the whole, I mean, we don't want to drag up all the scandals, but they they disappear for 60 days and they come back and they're like, oh, I'm healed. Praise sure. Jesus. Um, you know, so I not, not that you can't be miraculously healed. No, I you, know what you're saying. There has what? to be a system and a process and a length of time where you step away and and really fix the problem before you come back into ministry or into leadership or whatever it is, whatever it is your thing is doing. And then when that happens, the systems need to be set up by people who aren't you, but systems need to be set up to make sure that these things don't happen again. Um, and so, you know, whether that's, you know, putting people around you, you know, uh, you know, maybe you're not the top lead or, you know, you're the spokesperson, but there are other people that are making these kind of decisions and kind of holding you into an accountability situation. Um, but really I think the culture of secrecy is a, is a huge one. Um, and then making sure that, that there is a, a length of time and that during that time, they're not just at their house, you know, twiddling their thumbs, but that we're actually trying to help restore people. So they're getting help from professionals. Um, you know, other faith leaders in their community are working with them, discipling them because in the end we do want redemption, right? We do want people restored, back to um, their families, back into a whole relationship with Jesus. Um, and so it, it, and I think this, this whole healing thing also has to acknowledge the pain of the victims and what they're going through. It can't be all about fixing this person and getting them back into the spotlight because then that, that puts all the focus on them. And what about these people who For have been sure. hurt and damaged? Sure. So there are a lot of things that have to happen. Um, but I mean, obviously we do, we want to work for their restoration. We want good to be brought back. Yeah. Wholeness. Just to, to wrap up, to wrap this up, uh, like there's always, there has to be the opportunity for restoration. And that starts with confession. There has to be a confession of sin. Now you don't, you know, like sometimes it's, it's up to the person how it, it gets brought out, but there has to be a repentance. There has to be a realization that I have sinned. 
I've sinned against myself. I've sinned against the Lord. I've sinned against other people in the case, whatever case it may be. So there has to be a confession of sin. I think you're right, Kevin, Jamie. There has to be a time where a person has to sit out. But in our world today, when that stuff happens, people get canceled. And we could talk about, I think we have cancel culture. We'll talk about that one episode. But in there... With that, praise the Lord. There's no canceling with Jesus with us. We confess our sins, but what's the end of that? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness, which moves us into um, the second thing that we're going to talk about, and that is all the social media internet troll disagreement you see today. If you are not on the socials, um, don't get on there. If you're not on the socials, stay off. But there is a lot of division on social media today. And again, there's a a lot of Generation Z and millennials see this um, social media disagreement are a part of it. I mean, like you can talk about how there's the perceived war between Gen Z and millennials on how do you part your hair? If you side part your hair and wear skinny jeans, you're a millennial. But if you do the mid part and you wear mom jeans, ironically, then you're Generation Z. So there's a lot of like this like fake social media war going on, generational war. Um, but you do see that on Facebook. I would say Facebook and Twitter are probably the greatest, uh, uh, not victims, the greatest, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Perpetuators of this. Perpetuators, system. enablers of, of a religious division, definitely. Uh, a political division, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I tell you, there's so much. I've seen so many Salvation Army officers and soldiers who just politically are just, it's just a landmine. Awful. So, um, call it out. I would just say, um, if you, uh, here's my one thing I'm going to throw to you, uh, Jamie and Elizabeth, you, you're the social media person. So you see this all the time. Um, I, if you have not seen the Netflix documentary, Social Dilemma, I strongly recommend you see this because it talks about how, um, you know, depending where you are in the country, you'll get different Google results. But also social media is also an echo chamber. The, the algorithm is set up so that you will hear things that will, number one, be a, be what you want to hear, and then two things that will outrage you. All right, sorry, uh, Jamie and Elizabeth, jump in here. What have you seen about social media disagreement? So the um, yeah, like the social media has been so disheartening to me for a long time, but I think especially in the fall, leading up through the election, even into the spring, um, because it's just people like we have lost the ability to talk about differences in in belief differences in um you know political ideology differences in anything we we cannot do that in a like a civilized way anymore it, everything is divisive um and and you're automatically you know one like there's no nuance there's no like okay well i can agree with you here or disagree with you here if you don't line up in these exact categories that i think you should like you're the devil so if I'm on this side and you're that side, you know, there is no nuance. You're just Satan. Um, and I just think like, and, and especially I want to say like two pastors and other Christians who I see just saying hateful, awful things to each other. Like where, where is the Christ likeness in this? Like there were plenty of people we see in the life of Jesus that he didn't agree with. Uh, but what was he doing? Usually sitting down to dinner with them or, you know, having these conversations or ministering or saying like, okay, let's talk about this. And then, then change what happened. He wasn't like, you know, 
throwing stones and calling people horrible names. Like we don't see that in the person of Jesus. And yet somehow we think that is okay to treat people that way. And I just want to say like, how can we offer hope as believers? How can we say like, listen, we have this great thing, God, this God who is love. Come, come, come and experience that when our actions have nothing to do with love or peace or joy or hope or any of those things. And I just, it, it's so, it's so disheartening to me. Like I, it, to me, I wonder how are there even people still here interested in being a part of this? Captain Jamie, I want to, I do want to say, I feel like I need to say this first because you just set it up perfectly. First John 4, 19 through the end of the chapter. We love, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, here's this verse, this is scripture, folks. If anyone says, I love yet, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command whoever loves God, must love his brother. That goes for social media. The things you say on social media, folks, when we go before the judgment seat of Jesus, you are accountable for the Facebook posts that you write, for the Facebook comments that you say. Yeah, and I just want to say, like, here's the thing. I think that we we don't think about it in these terms, but our social media pages and conversations and those those are just as much a pulpit that we stand in as the one you stand behind on a Sunday morning. Got and so you most of the time more people are seeing what you say and what you preach and what your life is on social media than they do behind that platform on Sunday morning. And so I, sometimes I just think that we lose sight of of that that like people are our young people are watching and they're listening. One of my favorite things though is God bless this generation who Save is the coming receipts. Back. Yes. Save the receipts. The generation behind us. I know where you're going, Captain Jamie. I'm sorry to jump in on you, but I love it too when like young people are like, Hey, weren't you the one in the pulpit who told me like two weeks ago that I need to love my neighbor as myself and now I see you on here? Yes. And, and God bless them because this is what we want, right? Again, Thank accountability. You. And two, like they, they're taking these lessons that we've tried to teach and putting them into practice, but also holding us accountable and saying like, hey, you can't like you can't tell me that God is love and to treat my neighbors like this while you're on here treating your neighbors like trash. And so like this, this generation gives me so much hope for the church because they're like, no, this is not this is not it. This is not it. Elizabeth, how have you seen social media disagreement? You got to jump in while Captain Jamie and I, we got to calm down. We got into preaching mode. We went into full <laughs> officer mode. So jump in while we, while we like fan ourselves for a second. I mean, you've nailed it. Um, but I just miss the days that like Facebook and Instagram was an online scrapbook for your friends. <laughs> now it's just like a public forum to yell at each other in. I don't know. I thought I grew up being told that when you try to apply to a job, your name will be searched on the internet. So Ooh. not to put anything bad on the internet. Ooh. You don't want come back to you. So I don't know. Maybe people have forgotten that. Maybe it doesn't mm. exist anymore. Oh, now we got to <laughs> calm Elizabeth down. <laughs> so no, Yeah, I think you're 100% right, Elizabeth. And it is. It's There's so much. And that's what I think has been kind of frustrating for me is that I see people who were faith leaders in my life growing up who said like, your words matter. The way you treat people matters. Your integrity matters. And it's those same people sometimes that I see on here, you know, calling 
people names or or just speaking in ways that aren't loving or kind or peacemaking and and I'm like what where where did we where did we get lost or did you really not believe those things that you taught me or you know where what is it have we, how have we gotten so polarized um I just don't I just don't understand it now I, I do want to say like don't get me wrong we do have there there does have to be a time when we call out things again, because you have to have accountability, right? We do have to call out things. And so I'm not saying, oh, you know, we should always be at peace, but I think there's ways to call out things where it's, it's calling out the wrong without canceling the person. So I don't know. I think I I heard this phrase the other day, Jamie. I love that. Love the sin. I love, I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Love, love the sinner. Hate your own sin. And I think that you know, we like we always. It's a, just a change up of the thing. Love the sinner, hate your own sin. Is that we have shortcomings and we have things in our own life, and it's easy on social media for us to see it in other people, and and not so easy for us to see it in ourselves. So, um, last thing here before we move into to the last subject is it's okay to disagree, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay to disagree. People said this was a study done. People say they are okay with disagreement as long as they feel heard. So social media is not the place to feel heard, right? I don't think it is. Like, if, you, if, you just, if you have a disagreement with somebody, call them or, te- yeah, or have a lunch or go to Starbucks and have a conversation about it. And that's just it. When social media props people up as you're seeing a mask of somebody else, an avatar, if you will, and just... It, People say things on social media that they wouldn't dare say in person. So people will be okay with disagreement as long as they feel heard. You have to give oppor- – if you want to be heard, you have to give opportunity to listen to other people first. You have to be willing to, to hear people before you're going to be heard. Right, and listen for understanding, not for response. Exactly. Like people are already, oh, I'll just listen. And that's what you're not getting on social media is you're not getting voices. You're getting – angry things and it's just ridiculous all right well we went we went we went <laughs> let's let's like on this last point let's just uh let's bring it back up let's see just what's what's hitting right now um on streaming on the on the your regular television movies and stuff like that the first thing young adults millennials and generation z have um really watched this tv show called bridgerton it's on netflix um elizabeth jamie have you watched the show um, I watched the show with my finger on the fast forward button. <laughs> yes, I understand. It's, it's for those of you who don't know, you can watch the trailer um, and that'll give you the quick one through YouTube Bridgerton. But uh, set in the 18th century, um, you know, your pride and prejudice vibe kind of thing. But um, I think IMDB said that the scenes, I think they use the word severe or intense sexual scenes. Um, so. Yeah, it's all about this. So the Bridgertons, it's like about the, you know, this British aristocracy and like you had this whole system where for women, like they're really their their main goal was you had to marry well, right? And so that your family could be sustained monetarily or whatever. Um, and so it wasn't really about love or anything like that. It's just about making a money match, really. Um, but then you have this family who like, you know, their parents really loved each other and that's what they want for their kids. And so, you know, this, this main character, Daphne, she wants to find a love match. Um, but within this system, you know, that, that there was where, you know, it was about 
status and all of these other kind of things. And so that's about the whole thing is about how she falls in love with um, the Duke uh, and all this stuff. So there is there are there is nudity, there are, right, Captain Jamie? Uh, yes, there are brief moments of. Um, I wouldn't call it like for mature like, audiences no, like, only. Yeah, it's not like full frontal or anything like that. But there, there is like you do see some parts here and there. Um, and so, <laughs> I like that you said parts. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to keep it whatever. Uh, and there are there are scenes where it's not pornography. Don't get it like it's not pornography because it's streaming on Netflix, right? Um, but you can definitely tell what they're doing. So, mm. which is why I say like finger on the fast forward fast forward button sure. fast forward button you're fast forward button a lot we do a whole episode with a fast forward button we do have a lot of youth leaders uh that listen to this podcast and so you just you need to be aware of this and know that there is nudity there is um intense sex scenes sexual themes throughout it and um i think it's a good conversation to have like how do as christians should we watch these things how should we watch these things? Mm-hmm. How does it affect us? Does it affect us? The youth leaders, parents, these are conversations that, that you should be having with these. Are, these are the kind of questions that you should be asking your kids. Um, you know, does it affect your faith? Do you think there's nothing wrong with it? Is there something wrong with it? You know what? Um, because here's the thing. They are watching it. Like yeah. youth leaders, let's not let's, let's not, not let's not beat around the bush. Yeah, I mean your kids yourselves. your kids are watching this stuff. You just need and to be just, you need to be prepared. I'm not even talking about just Bridgerton, but Game of Thrones and all of these other popular things or music like Cardi B and Megan the Stallion and well, I shouldn't focus on them because there are uh, lots of male driven music that's just horribly sexually explicit. Um and so like as a uh, as a camp former camp director, one of my favorite things to do would be like when the kids were working in the dining room, listening to their earphones. Um, I would just kind of like snatch one real quick and put it in my ear, and to watch the scramble to turn it off was always one of my favorite things. Or change the like, song. Why, yeah, like why if why is it okay for you when to listen to me? Miracle worker. That's not what yeah. you were singing a couple seconds That's ago. Right. Stop that. So the like. Our kids are ingesting these things. They just are. So let's have conversations about them. How does that affect us? Does it affect us? Should Do you feel like as a Christian, are, is that okay? Is it not okay? If it is okay, why are you trying to hide it from me? You know, those kind of things. They're great conversations. Let's stop pretending like it's not happening and just talk about it. I uh, That's great points, Cam Jamie. It's great points. Uh, I, I heard a, a sportscaster once say um, if he wanted to start a fight on his radio show, he would just say, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? And that would start a huge fight. You know, if you want to start a fight among Christians, all you have to do is say, should a Christian watch Game of Thrones and just step back and watch social media disagreeing? And so I think you're right, Cam Jamie. That's great points about um, – you know, yeah, let's that, just stop pretending that people aren't watching them. They are, so let's talk about it. Right. All right, so that was your streaming show. Your top show on television, actually, is the show NCIS. Um, probably not many millennials in Generation Z are watching that show. It's not really A for them. Where would we be without the cop drama, right? And like every, every generation has its cop drama. I did not know how much NCIS is burying the competition and most eyeballs on the screen at once. Uh, Elizabeth, you said this TV show scares you. That's would you, right. Would you care to elaborate why NCIS scares you? No, I think this is, you said it's police, which would probably involve a crime. It's the naval, cr- naval crime investigation. What is it, Jamie? Naval criminal investigation 
services squad <laughs> Go ahead, sorry keep going well, so if it's if this is it's the, a cop you know, drama it's a cop the, drama right if that's the squad like they're probably involved in crimes and crimes are typically scary or someone's getting hurt <laughs> something bad's happening so i don't like these ideas elizabeth, my mind. Soft, elizabeth being the soft-hearted i don't want to see anybody get murked <laughs> no it's scary <laughs> like the news is scary enough no thanks okay all right uh cam so, jamie i know for a fact cam jamie is like She's an NCIS fan. Jamie. <laughs> so I do watch. So I was trying to think like when I saw this, because when I, when Matt put this list together of like, here's the current like top shows on TV, I was like, really? NCIS is a top show, which makes sense. Cause I see oh people gosh. talking about it. It's amazing. It. It, I can't, it just, I can't tell you how much it buried. Oh, while we're talking, I'll see if I can look how many eyeballs were on it last week. Yeah. Go ahead, keep going. So I was trying to think like, what is it about this show that people love? Certainly, you know, the characters, the personalities, those kind of things. But I think one of the things is even, you know, even amongst the series, like in one season, you might have a season long arc, a story arc, and usually you do. But even while those overarching long stories are happening, there are short stories um, within each episode that get wrapped up. All right. So there's um, there's resolution at the end. The bad guys get what's coming to them. And I think that's part of it is like we we so crave justice in our world that um, that we like we that's what we love about this show something bad happens these are the good guys those are the bad guys the bad guys get caught justice is served Um, and so i think there's something about that that really appeals to us because that's what we crave yeah right is justice in our world we can't get justice in the outside world so we're going to get it our one hour long TV show. I also think that uh, there is like a little bit of a, I think you like, I like that word cap, Jamie crave. I think that there's a craving of the Gibbs is the, is the head detective. I think Gibbs is like the father figure that, that people kind of crave, right? Like he's hard and he'll slap you in the back of the head, but he's also got a little bit of a tender side. Um, and stuff. So, um, here, just you know, you can trust it. Like he, you know, he, he's going to be there for you. And he's going to take care of the problem. They, they're. Uh, I, I don't know if this is in. Oh, yeah, I think this is in million viewers. Uh, NCIS has nearly ten million viewers a week. The next one comes in at nine and a half million, which is sixty minutes. Also, last thing, shout out to CBS for having four. There, they get rank one, two, three, and four are all CBS shows. CBS, America's the, most watched network. Oh, uh, NCIS is one, 60 Minutes 2, the new show, Equalizer 3, and FBI is 4. They, out of the 10 top 10, CBS, 6 of the top 10 are on there. Look at all yeah. of those, like, our... Cop, cop dramas. dramas. They're all cop dramas. You're right. Just to serve. We uh, love a cop drama. Law let, and Order. I mean, that show has been on forever. Let, we also want to dabble in the, chi- you know, play with the... Uh, the let's, let's talk about uh, children's ministries. Uh, here as well. Uh, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is rocking it for the kids. Paw Patrol is still number one, one of the number one shows out there. Um, Elizabeth, are you aware of Paw Patrol? Um, I've heard the name and I looked it up because you put it on this list and this is way more my speed. I, yeah. mean, I don't have a youth in my household, but if I did, this would be on. So, so I, go well, ahead, my Kendra. kids are too old for Paw Patrol, but I have nieces and nephews that love them. Isn't Paw Patrol like, aren't they also law? Isn't there a law enforcement? Is this, yes. is this the it's introduction like, to are the you cop saying, drama? Are you saying that Paw Patrol <laughs> it's the is a gateway drug, drug to the cop drama? <laughs> I love it. Paw Patrol, yes, Paw Patrol is the gateway drug. It's, I it's, know Chase is on the case. He's so <laughs> popular. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> All right. So Paw Patrol, I mean, you know, that 
there's not much we say there. You you guys know this. Go to Target, Walmart, and walk down the toy aisle, and you'll see a million Paw Patrol stuff. Um, let's talk about just to finish up this uh, uh, Friday report. Let's just talk about two things that are coming out um, here soon that are got us excited for things that are streaming. The first is coming out in May. Disney's putting out the origin story of Cruella Deville. So it's called Cruella. Period. Period. <laughs> and then um, you can look at the YouTube. You can look go to YouTube or Disney, and you can see the trailer. Uh, Emma Stone, I believe that's her name, is yeah, playing Cruella. Um, so that should be interesting. It's interesting that we're seeing a lot more origin stories of bad guys in the culture today. You've had the Joker with um, that came out a couple of years ago. Now you got Cruella. Um, we had Venom that came out a little earlier. So yes, I'm trying to think of all these superheroes that yeah, I can well, uh, Maleficent. 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 I mean, there are people like you want to start another fight. There are people who say Thanos from the Avengers had a good reason <laughs> to want to wipe out half of the universe. <laughs> well, then so, he did a bad thing for the right reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's interesting that that's the culture. It is. Yeah. So like it's, it's this question like, are let's see what made them. And I, but I think it's also a little bit in us like we want to know what, how can a person become so bad? Like what happened to them in their life, you know, their previous life that made them so bad. It's showing us the humanity, right? A sinful nature. But a sinful a, nature. Like, yeah. So, so sometimes I thought they did a really good job with Maleficent because then I was like, Oh man, I feel bad for her. <laughs> like, Is it trying to, but is, are they trying to make wicked look good uh i don't know i don't know i'm gonna I play devil's about, advocate yeah, i'm gonna play Cruella devil's advocate <laughs> are they you trying are they trying to make wicked seem appropriate go I, mean, I don't know i think i think it's about like okay everything happens for a reason right people i think there's something in us that wants to believe that people can't just be terrible right something had to happen to them we like we can't handle it i don't think we can handle the thought in our mind that somebody might just just be evil um something had to have happened to them um and so maybe they're trying to make us sympathetic toward them i did read an article though that said that they really uh, the the person who wrote it the opinion piece was saying like they really don't like this because all it what it does by removing the shadow away from the villain is it just diminishes the story it just diminishes them we don't do them justice in the way that we explain them like part of the part of the greatness of them being the villain is that you know we don't we don't know we don't know why you're terrible we don't know why you kill puppies also i'm just saying i don't think we can redeem this story i don't i think maleficent we were able to redeem her a little bit because we kind of understood her pain i don't know that we can redeem a person who kills puppies for clothes mm. i just oh, don't know elizabeth did you watch the trailer I did watch the trailer. What do you think? Are you excited about this movie? I have never seen the original movie that Seriously. she's from. I'm not, I'm not a big Disney fan from growing up, okay. and I also don't like dogs, which is probably why I've never seen the movie. Also, I don't like Disney. I don't like dogs. Then you're definitely not um, a 101 Dalmatians fan. But I will say, like, they clearly just made up the storyline for a movie. Like, this wasn't her actual backstory, so I have a hard time buying into this. Yeah. Um, either way, you're right. Yeah. She I says, will watch it. I mean, we'll watch it. Because I loved 101 Dalmatians growing up. And then, you know, it's a good, I'm assuming it's going to be family friendly because it's on Disney Plus. So the kids will be into it. I like Emma Stone. So I'm excited to see that. She does have a little bit of a Harley Quinn vibe going mm, on. That's fair. That's fair. So I'm a little curious to see like, how are they going to play this? Yeah. 
Uh, all right, last one, uh, Captain Jamie. You hit this one really quick because you were the one that brought this to the table, and that's the Netflix uh, movie coming out about a Christian camp. Ugh. Yes, uh, a youth group camp rom-com, and it's I am like, so it's like a, excited. A glee, a glee-like <laughs> episode. Like Elizabeth is raising her fr- her it hand. Is, it is such a rip-off of Camp Rock, but they're not <laughs> rock stars. It's just Christian summer camp. It's called a. It's called a week away. A week and away. Go ahead, Elizabeth and Jamie. If you guys could see the visual right now, they are both like at, right at the microphone, wanting to go. Yeah, so I think it's back because up and let them go. Go for it. <laughs> So I think it's part of it is because youth camp had such like a a great role in my life. Camp ministry. I mean, we could talk about this sometime, but camp ministry played a huge role uh, in my life. And so I love like this whole like, um, like we're going to make it a musical and we're going to go to youth camp. I'm a little concerned, like how, how is this going to play out? Is this going to be like. Uh, like a hokey Christian thing. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Michael W. Smith for King and Country, like Sandy Patty. I mean, like these are these classic 90s Christian songs. It is. So I love that that is like, like it's going to be a musical and these are the songs they're singing and it's like Amy Grant, Stephen Kirsten. Yes, yes, And like all this stuff. So I'm like, I'm so excited for it. I'm going to put it in my calendar. We're going to watch this. All the 90s Chick-fil-A Christian moms out there are just like fanning themselves. Oh, I got the vapors. And I, I love how like, in the trailer, go watch the trailer. Uh, it's it's amazing. But you can see like when they divide them up into groups, because that's what we do at camp. Like you always have teams that competitions that are playing each. And then like you, so they're like the apostles, which is just so <laughs> church camp to me. So I'm just excited to watch it to see like, okay. Go Elizabeth, go. I just have tell so much it. to say. Where do I begin? <laughs> well, I love cheese and this feels like the whole meal. There seems... <laughs> Nothing creative about that, like unusual. This seems very by the books. You know, they're going to go to summer camp, good summer camp, it's good girl, be a bad boy. He's bad, boy, bad boy, but he's going to be in disguise. She's going to see the real him, but then, oh no, big reveal. He's bad. Oh gosh, conflict, but don't worry. They'll probably get together at the end. And there's going to be singing and dancing. Yes, I, and though, campfires. I saw, I was, Captain Jamie showed me the trailer last night. I was watching mm-hmm. it. And then when the boy and the girl are on the lake, and they're yes. singing. Uh, what was that song from the '90s, Jamie? Uh, to find my place in this world. I was like, no, no, and I was like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> it's gonna be epic. It's gonna. I hope. I hope that it lives up to its. Like, it could just be epically. Like, probably not amazing. Like in the way that we talk about movies are amazing, but just like glorious. Like you said, gloriously cheesy. It could be mm-hmm. fantastic. I think this comes out on Netflix in March. March twenty sixth, I think. Such a tease! I want it now. Christian yes, camp. Christian camp. March. 26th. Sometimes, sometimes I'm looking at my wife lovingly right now through the computer screen. But sometimes you meet your special your special person at oh, church camp, do. don't you? You do. So watch I, out who you're for those at who for those camp, who don't you can be with them for twenty years. For those who don't know Captain Jamie and my origin story, uh, she was a, a beautiful counselor in training, and I was a lonely dishwasher, and that's how <laughs> and love blossom, and that's how Hallmark <laughs> movies got made. Uh, uh, go ahead, Elizabeth. You just like jump. You said- you said dishwasher, and that took me to High School Musical too, where they worked at the country oh, yeah. club. And Troy was originally in I the kitchen. I don't dance. I know you dance. Oh man, <laughs> there you I'm, go, singing. I love it. I love it so much. All right. Well, um, so that's that was the Friday report. Like again, we talked about some heavy things, but also all we're trying to do with this, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there of the of the Battle Line podcast, is we're just trying to 
here's entry points for the gospels. Do we agree with Bridgerton? Absolutely not. Do we, you know, are we trying to stoke the fires of uh, social media disagreement? It's a place where the gospel can be spoken into. And like Captain Jamie said, um, sometimes we don't agree with stuff, but your, your young people are watching it anyway. So let's do what we can to have redeeming conversations about yeah, to that. Understand, understand what is it? What is it that draws them in? Well, it's a great, I mean, I, I understand why people like Bridgerton. I like Bridgerton other than the parts I had to fast forward to. It's (laughs) compelling. So, but what is it about those things? Like, what is it about that story that is compelling to people? Well, let's talk about that through the lens of faith. People don't have to be scared of these things. People are okay with disagreement as long as they feel heard. And that's why the Battle Line podcast exists to say these are places where we can talk, talk to one another and be heard. All right, Captain Jamie, ask us our last question. Yeah. So what what besides a week away is giving you <laughs> joy? I think I'm gonna take right away. Now. I think I'm gonna take away both your answers. Cause again, <laughs> folks, I, we're like on a Zoom thing here and I can see them. And the minute we talked about a week away, they both went insane. They both like nineties, Chick-fil-A sauce. Soccer it's Christian so mom it's just so went. This is not going to be my answer. Okay. I have another answer. Well, then you go first. What's giving, super, it is what, giving you joy. What's giving, what, what's giving you joy? Uh, okay. I guess I'll go first. So what's giving me joy? Uh, I'm going to stick with TikTok, uh, TikTok recipes. TikTok recipes. We tried TikTok quesadillas. We mm. tried TikTok pasta. Yes. My kids went wild over both of them. Yes. Um, they're like, mom, can we have this every week? Which I don't know about that. But both like easy, quick, tastes good. So I'm here for it. Look it up. Look up the TikTok quesadilla and the TikTok pasta. It's hard Try to it. have. It's hard to have social media disagreement when you're enjoying a TikTok quesadilla together. That's right. How about you, Elizabeth? Bring us together. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Emma Stone, which led me to La La Land, which brought me to tap tap dancing in Los Angeles, which landed me on tap dancing. And I love tap dancing. Are you a professional tap dancer? I have a history in my youth of being a dancer and tapping was one of my jams. Do you have a trophy? I don't have a trophy, but I guess I have like a war, like those medals and whatever they give you in my youth. But I was Um, tapping. When you practice tapping at home, where did you practice? Well, that's the problem is that I lived in like a one floor ranch style home so I could just tap away. But I live in an apartment now and that would be so super rude. (laughs) Can... We next episode, mm-hmm. I know that you guys can't see the visual, but can you put the microphone? Do you still well, hold on? Do you still own a pair of tap shoes? Well, that's the problem. I don't get rid of anything. So I'm sure like my parents have my tap shoes. I do not to, have them. Is Maybe, it possible? Elizabeth, we need a clip to go along with this. Do you have a clip, a video somewhere of you tap dancing? It's so funny you ask. I definitely have a dance archive. Okay. <laughs> we, need, right. we need to put the little clip of you tap dancing. Okay. I don't know if we can get that. Thing. Maybe we can get into the show notes. Maybe your mom and dad will like allow, sign the sign a Gosh. waiver for yeah, that to go to- out there totally. uh, for us to use that. <laughs> All right. The last thing is, is for me is, again, I, I think I mentioned this last time, but it's just this book I'm reading. Um, I know, again, uh, Elizabeth, you don't like to see people get hurt, but I'm reading this book called uh, Krakatoa, which is about the volcano, uh, this like basically the super volcano that went off in the 1880s that really um, just it's out there in the South Pacific. And it really just changed uh, in some ways the course of human history. It changed some the weather for a couple of days in the world. Um, and it really did change the South Pacific, the geography. You cannot go to the mountain Krakatoa anymore because it was literally blown off the face of the earth. So I like to read books that will teach me something. And uh, 
I would highly recommend this book if you're into volcanoes um, and you just want to know about like uh, dystopia. <laughs> right. Uh, check it out. All right. Uh, anything else? So uh, you're, what's giving you joy is plant, uh, islands getting blown up volcanoes. and yeah. humanity dying. Bad. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I came for you for the week away and you guys came back at me. That's fine. That's fine. Well, that, that's going to end this episode of the Battle Line podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out the Peer website at peermag.org and follow Peer on the socials responsibly and without disagreement at peer.magazine. Peaceable disagreement. That's right. Listen to one another. And lastly, we have when you're if you're going to be listening to people, you need to listen to our sister podcast from The War Cry. It's called The Fight for Good Podcast. Check them out. Until next time, this has been the Battle Line Podcast. Bye everybody. See ya.